thought we would go through self-esteem today, and I'm going to divide it into a different topics. One is the psychological way of looking at it, how our upbringing impacts us, the media and how that has impacted us from television to movies to radio, newspaper, masculine versus feminine, because there are ideas that have come up in our society that has impacted us as a nation regarding what a man does and a woman does and what the perspective is and what that, that, how they fulfill it. I think it's too loud out here. Yes. We're going to have to close it. Sorry. And if any of you die, please let me know somebody next to them. so that. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about how possessions, many times people think possessions are what make them important. And then we're going to end it with God's perspective. So hopefully you brought some of your Bibles, because that will be very helpful. How many of you, you don't have to put your hands up, just think about it, have ever had a family member or a friend say something very unpleasant about who you were, what you looked like, or to somebody else that you didn't want them to say that to? Have you ever had something that you wanted to do very much so, you really were hopeful that you could get it accomplished, and then you didn't finish it. I would say that, or maybe a teacher said something about the way that you were processing things or didn't do something. Um, lots of people have heard, you know, they're so, they're so good or they're so smart, but they just don't, you know, put themselves into their work or whatever. And if you answered it yes to any of those, Probably those things have started to impact who you think you are, because that's exactly what happens. Everyone in their life has encountered some disappointments and frustrations, and it contributes to how we see ourselves and how we value ourselves. We all have some form of self-esteem, whether it's positive or negative. Anybody can tell me what positive self-esteem would be? Just a fast one? Feeling good about yourself. Feeling good about yourself, seeing yourself in a positive light, actually liking yourself. Negative would be what? Disliking the opposite. Don't feel good about yourself, feel disappointed, feel frustrated, not good enough. And how does it impact somebody when they have low self-esteem? Depression. It can go into depression. What else? Suicide, that would be like a terrible major issue. But another thing is the way that you cope, the way that you see things, your attitude can all be very much impacted by your self-esteem. Low self-esteem is tied with poor coping skills, poor attitudes, poor follow-through, limited success in school, in relationships, in their work, uh, it impacts how you feel about the world, isn't it? just kind of gives you a hopelessness. It's amazing that people don't always know all about you, but a low self-esteem person will often remind people about all the bad things about them. Oh, you probably don't like me because, and they go, oh, really? I didn't know that was an issue. It is a lifelong process. It often begins in childhood. If a mother or father neglected you, and we have a lot of fatherless families now, actually 60 to 70% are fatherless families. 
So even though maybe they had a significant mother in their life, they still feel the pain of that. Watch for it in your churches. These children are hurting inside and they really are comparing themselves with what they dream is the right thing. And they're finding out that actually kids who are neglected are having more self-esteem problems than those who are having physical abuse at the hands of a parent. People in life send you messages and opinions on how they think you are and they tell you whether they like you or they don't like you or they, they can tell, you can tell whether you can join them or if they want to be around you or if they look away when they're, you're talking. All of that gives us a little thing in our mind about if we feel that we're important or significant. We all want to feel significant, don't we? Can humans always meet our needs? And they won't, will they? We can be sure of it because humans are humans, right? The only person that we can really depend on is God. Women have also been hoodwinked about false facts. Um, There is Betty Friedan. Do you remember who she is? Women's Libist. She wrote The Feminine Mystique redefining the roles of women she says that they're so angry because they've never been you know treated the correct way and they limit your roles of who you are and what you can do and do you remember the advertisement you come a long way baby am i dating myself what were they trying to show they were talking about what they did is that women never wanted to smoke at that point in life it was considered unladylike So they tried to come up with an advertising gimmick to make it look like now that they've arrived and that they can, they no longer are doing dowdy things like household chores and things like that, that now they can smoke because they have arrived. And it was one of the most successful cigarette campaigns ever. People started taking up smoking and they started to sell a lot of Virginia Slims at that point. At one time, um, well, I'm just going to go through this. Next to those ads, there were things about dowdy women that were scrubbing floors and all kinds of things. There was just a lot of stuff. All of a sudden, I'm thinking that I might have grabbed the wrong talk here. Let's see. Wouldn't that be interesting? No, this is the right one just looks different to me. Isn't that how that goes, huh? Throughout the years, TV and media showed that passe were women's roles were, you know, you can't do dowdy things like laundry and taking care of children. They were trying to say that you had to have a career. You remember all the TV programs like Murphy Brown, Mary Tyler Moore? It was like getting out in the world and doing things. So they were trying to say that if women did those dowdy, awful things, they really hadn't grown up. And so women started thinking, am I really an important person if I don't do certain things? Remember back then also, um, this is 50 years ago, chastity was considered a virtue. Now it's like, you know, if you don't have experience, you're uh, shameful, right? Babies were born to committed parents, mostly 50 years ago. What is it now? Actually, somebody was just telling me, I I don't think it was somebody in this room, they're telling me that 75% in their area where their wife works in the maternity ward are from um, children who have have no father involved or have have a boyfriend that isn't committed. Really sad, isn't it? 
40% of our children, see this, this kind of lifestyle and thinking that this is feminine, this kind of lifestyle also says that the 40% uh, of the children tonight that sleep will have some male in their house that they're not related to. So what does that also put a big risk at? Sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, marriage was considered for life. How's it changed now? Mm -hmm. Six weeks. Actually, the highest growing segment of divorce is within the first two years of marriage. Isn't that sad? Yeah. And it was uncommon to have homosexuality, gay and lesbian issues, and now it's very, very common, and it's trying to become a household word. We're supposed to have bathrooms now that are accommodating us, right? We've come a long way, haven't we, baby? Yeah. How about men? Men, if you look at the literature and how men are acting when you, when you talk about rapping in the movies, etc., what is glorified for men? violence and abuse yeah actually men are de, de, de what are devalued like Raymond yes like the wife is so smart and the man is just like a an accident that he's in that household and so men have been demeaned and so what has happened have is that men have risen up and they've been trying to become more masculine by using violence Substance abuse and fathering children, that's a big deal in our society. I, I had somebody who came in for counseling. She told me that her father was in Benton Harbor and he had 34 children, not with one mother. That, I mean, all of them had different mothers. And she said, I really didn't get to know my father. And she said, and I, she said that's pretty common over there. And it is that way in many countries. Ireland, somebody came here to camp meeting been working in Ireland and they told me that the majority of children do not know their fathers and that the fathers really believe in the more you can father the better it's a big deal so what we see is <laughs> it's kind of like a <coughs> irresponsible thing I just want to have I father children but have no responsibility so you see masculinity and femininity have gotten really mixed up and that has impacted our self-esteem too we just don't really know what we're supposed to be doing unless we're Christians and then that really changes, doesn't it? Yes. Pornography. That's a huge issue. Women that get misused and abused, there's no commitment to them. It's a one thing, one time thing. Uh, men, because they feel so unempowered, they can feel very powerful when they look at pornography. And so that has been a rapid increase in our society. I probably don't need to tell you that it's everywhere, right? I mean, probably you've heard about it, that women are coming forward all the time talking about husbands that are talking on the Internet to other people who are um, engaging in pornography. It has, it has whitewashed our society in many ways. It's really sad. And there's violence in that. And when you do something small, to get the next excitement, you always have to make it bigger. So we have seen a huge increase in children being snatched off the streets and people being misused, etc. Well, let's talk about the Bible. The Bible seems to endorse the personality that says 
humility is really important. Remember, we're supposed to have good self-esteem. Well, how does humility go with that? Or how about service to others, you know, putting others before yourself? Does that make sense? Like, doesn't it kind of throw everything around? Self-denial. Isn't that just alien to what's going on out there in society? Servanthood. What does servanthood mean to you? Does it mean being a slave? No, what does it mean? Serving God, serving others, having a service-type behavior. That behavior, according to a psychological explanation, can also help life, I'm sorry, your self-esteem. It can also hurt one's self-esteem. There are just are all kinds of things. Thank you, Shelley. There are all kinds of things that change that. So, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God is calling us to be humble. Does that go with self-esteem? You see how we have to reformulate what psychology tells us, what the media tells us? It's a very confusing <coughs> thing, isn't it? Psalm 25.9 says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his ways. Evidently, we have to be humble to attain what God wants us to do. So again, that might confuse us. 1 Peter 5, 5. Okay, this is about servanthood. Likewise, you who are younger. Do we have any younger people in here? Be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Isn't that interesting? Do you see how this is just like mixes everything up? Are we getting really mixed up? That's what I want you to do is get mixed up so we can clean it up in the end. Okay. What? That's right. One's pure. Philippians 2, 5 to 8 says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, could, could Jesus have lorded all kinds of things over us? You know, my father, you know, you don't know my father. Evidently, you are just not getting it. You could imagine all the things. Or, you know, you guys just... Don't get what I'm trying to tell you. You know, you are just the most aggravating people. Can't you imagine? If I told you once, I told you a hundred times. You couldn't be as dumb as you look. Could you imagine what he could say? Couldn't he have said it? And yet, have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not call, count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Wow. Here's another one. 1 Kings 21:29. Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring disaster in his days. But in his son's days, I will bring disaster upon his house. Did you see what he was doing to Ahab? He was honoring him because he was humble. So true Christian 
self-esteem comes with humility is what it says. Mark 10, 44 and 45. And whoever should be first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. <coughs> Two more. Matthew 23, 11. The greatest among you shall be what? Your servant. And Philippians 2, 3 says... Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Did you hear that? Yes. Tell me that again. Don't make a good impression. Don't live to make a good impression on others, right? Be humble, thinking of others is better than yourself. You know, there was a psychologist, Albert Ellis. Anybody heard that famous name? We all have to learn about him in school and psychology, right? Intro to psychology or abnormal psychology. Albert Ellis, he was in a big seminar, and some lady kept putting her hand up. She was having a problem. He could tell she was really having a distressful time. He kept ignoring her, ignoring her. Finally, he said, yes, ma'am. And she said, what do I do? She said, all these things that you said, I don't know if they could work for me. And she said, I don't have, I have many problems. I have problems at home. I have problems in my work. I'm miserable, miserable. And she said, and I feel like I'm just to the point where I'm going to break in half or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go ballistic. I think, well, it was several years ago. I don't know if she had that word, but anyway. And she said, maybe I'm having a nervous breakdown. I don't know. I feel suicidal. And he said, ma'am, this is what I'm going to tell you. He said, for all the things that I've learned all these years, I'm going to tell you this. I think that you need to go across the railroad tracks and try to meet the needs of somebody less fortunate than you. Get yourself completely immersed in helping them. Work with them. Counsel them. And he said, and then come back to me and tell me how you're doing. So this is a man that was very learned, that he's in our textbooks. And what he recognized is it doesn't matter how much we talk about ourselves and we talk about all of our problems. If we don't focus on helping other people, we often won't get better ourselves. Interesting. Getting our self-esteem correct. We need to respect, okay, this is what God expects of us. We need to respect ourselves because of how God sees us, not because of what we have. Have you ever gone up to somebody and they talk to you about they have a boat and they have a house and they work it into the conversation, the first two sentences or something like that? Anybody? Yes. It's not just me? Okay. Or they tell you what they've done and what they've accomplished or what degrees they have or whatever. What do you think that really they're, they're needing? They want praise, approval, because why? They feel that if you knew what they accomplished or what they have, that you would have more consideration of them in some way, correct? So really... <laughs> she said they probably want some money for a payment for their boat, too. Yes. Very possible. But you've seen people who just have to get that in because they really are trying to please you. I remember when um, I was pregnant. I was 26, pregnant for the first time, and my husband said, you know, instead of having that little car of yours, why don't we get a station wagon? Back then it had wood on its sides. <laughs> 
And I said, why are you saying that? He goes, well, because, you know, we're going to, you're going to have a daughter. I mean, we were about to have a daughter. And he said, and, you know, you want places to put all the diaper bags and everything. And I'm like, I'm going from that cute little car to a station wagon with wood on the sides. I feel all washed up, I'll tell you. Well, did that make me different? Because I would get a car with wood on the sides. Now I drive a minivan. I don't have any kids, and I don't care. It's amazing how you change when you get older, right? But I was really offended that he said that. He said, okay, forgive me, forgive me. Yeah. I got a bigger car, but I couldn't have the one with wood on the sides. Isn't it funny that something like a car could make me feel so different? I have a little illustration it's this is a joke okay because some people don't know when I'm joking so I'm telling you right now I'm about to tell you a joke okay if you see my husband and he tells you a joke you won't know it because he doesn't smile when he tells jokes I'm gonna smile and tell you this is a joke right a woman plunged down a roadside ravine in her Mercedes-Benz convertible and the car rolled over as it rolled over her arm was ripped off I knew you, now, remember, this is not true. This is a joke. <laughs> like, do I have to tell you that again? Do, do I have to go through my speech again? Okay. When the firemen arrived on the scene, they found the woman sitting on a rock. She was crying. We need to take you to the hospital, they told the woman. But you don't understand, she cried. I love that Mercedes Benz. And I have thousands of dollars in that car. They said, ma'am, I understand, but we need to take you to the hospital. You're going to bleed to death because your arm was ripped off in the accident. The lady looked at her missing arm and she said, Now where's my diamond ring? <laughs> you understand, like we miss things because we want what makes us feel important to other people. And we often miss what's really important, right? We need to look at ourselves. We need to look at ourselves the way God sees us. I, I put down, tell them about Debbie at the North American Division meeting. I saw somebody, have you, ha, is it nice to see people you haven't seen for a long time? And there was this young girl and we knew each other in another state when I went to school and I hadn't seen her for 30 years maybe. And I said, Debbie, I'm so glad to see you. And she said, Oh, she said, you know, I'm a dietitian. I have a, I have a workbook now, and it, they sell it at the ABC. And she said, you know, my husband's the president of our conference. And I went, oh, and then she went. Oh. I'm like, uh, like I, I was going to ask her if she had any kids or anything, but I guess that wasn't important. And I just blinked. I, I was so surprised, but... You know, I think about it, it doesn't matter where you go, you can go to church and somebody comes up and tells you about the truck that they fixed that week and somebody comes up and tells you about the cakes that they made and how beautiful they were and like, they all need people to tell them that things are good. But if we inside know that we are precious to Jesus, now I want you to know that I have certainly bragged myself, okay? Don't tell anybody, okay? Don't talk behind my back back here. Okay, I have certainly bragged, and I'm not saying that she's bad and I'm good, okay? Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But if I know in my heart how precious I am to Jesus, I might not have to impress people, and I don't have to work so hard at making sure that they know all about me, right? I don't have to go, when I talk to Kathy, 
let me see, check, check. Did I give her all my 10 points before I finished with my conversation? Like there's a lot of stress, isn't there, when you have to impress people? And by the way, is God impressed? Yeah. God says you are saved by his grace. Not that you've done anything yourself, right? It's a gift of his. We need to respect ourselves also because he created us. So I'm saying respect because self-esteem is often called self-respect. The Living Bible, Isaiah 29, 26 says, How foolish can be be? He's the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say of the one who made it, He didn't make me, or, or the potter who made me is stupid. In other words, many times the way we are made or the way we are created, we have some problems with, right? Is that the first thing you're going to say to the Lord when you get in heaven is like, I didn't like the color of hair you gave me, or I didn't like the life you gave me, or I wish that my body had been a little different. Or, like, are, are we going to be going up to the potter and telling him that? So... Did God make us the way we are because that's the way he chose to make us? We have a potter back there, by the way, right? You're the potter, right? Yeah, she did the potter at women's ministry. Have you ever had any of those pots get mad at you? And tell you that you made them lopsided or didn't like the lip, right? Or So you just smash them down and reform them, huh? And I think that God can do that to us too, can he? Yeah? Okay. Uh, Isaiah, um, no, I, that was Isaiah 29, 26. By the way, did God make us individual? Yeah. Snowflakes he made individual. Even spots on leopards, there's no two alike. Did you know that? Zebras, there's no two that have the same markings. And he made us completely different from each other. Is that okay? Yeah. Mrs. White talks about what would it be like if he created the whole world blue? Would we get tired of blue? Yes. What if he made the whole world, world red? Purple. Yeah, or purple. Yeah. Like you can say, oh, I love purple. It's such a royal and beautiful color. But what happens if that's all you see is purple? I love it. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I remember a poem from growing up about Grandpa brought, dropped his glasses once. Anybody knew that? Gra Grandpa dropped, I, it, it's been a long time. Grandpa dropped his glasses once in a pot of dye. When he put them on again, he saw a purple sky. Purple birds were flying up from a purple hill. Purple apples were being ground at the purple mill. And at <laughs> supper time, Grandpa got as crazy as a loon. He got tired of eating purple dumplings with a purple spoon. You don't remember that? Yeah? Boy, isn't that amazing? It's amazing how the Lord made our brains. That's because you better watch out, men, because women have emotions and it burns into our brains. So don't do anything. Okay. If we're trying to please others with our looks and the things that we've done, that's called bondage, is it not? Who came to this world to save us from bondage? Amen. Amen. Yes, when we are always thinking about how to impress somebody, with our clothes or with our possessions, we are choosing to make men happy with us rather than God. Remember anybody in the Bible that was having a hard time thinking about their stuff that they were doing and they wanted to please man instead of God? 
Anybody? How about Mary and Martha? We have to remember when we're doing duties at church, it's not for a pat on the back. It's not to say that we're really talented. It's because we're doing it for God, right? That's our focus. And if we are not reading the Bible every day and getting all of the fresh excitement in our life, we'll have holes in our heart. And when we go to church and people don't compliment us, we'll be mad about it, right? It's very important. Acts 17, 24, and 25 said, The God who made the world and everything in it is not served by human hands. He did not need any of it. So in other words, God did not make us because he needed us. He made us because he loved us and wanted us. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? When you uh, adopt a child, hopefully that's what you say to them, is I chose you, right? I chose you. Did you think God made us because we, he was lonely? It says um, that in Genesis 1.26 that he said, let us make man in our own image. He already had the company of his son and the Holy Spirit. He did not need us. He wanted us. He chose us. And he decided to create us. Wouldn't you think that he would throw the book at us after a while? Because we're so disappointing, aren't we? Yeah, wouldn't you think he could just, just like shoot out of the air this planet? so small to him like you just wonder how he did that and do you think that he wanted um he, he created us because he wanted us just to worship him because he needed to feel important no. <laughs> no he didn't know he didn't do that in jeremiah 31 3 he said out of his great love he created us he said i have loved you with an everlasting love have you ever wanted to be loved by an everlasting love yeah, especially in relationships, right? <coughs> People are coming up and talking to me about their children that are disappointing them or their mother that's disappointing them or their father that's disappointing them. And I'm like, only can we depend on God because he has the everlasting love. So right now, as far as we've come, why should I love myself as God loves me? What is it that he's done for me? Can you think of anything? Because what? Because he gave his life for us. What's another reason so far? He created us willingly without any force. What else? He redeemed us like he cared enough to redeem us. Anything else? He, he's going to recreate us someday. There's that song, I got a new body, praise the Lord. Anybody ever listen to Tennessee Ernie Ford? Oh, that's another thing. I'm really getting old, right? It's like that little girl that came into my office, and she said that they ate dinner every night. And I said, you eat dinner every night? I said, that is really cool with your parents. I said, this is like Ozzie and Harriet. And she said, I know Ozzie, but who's Harriet? <laughs> and I thought, Duh. you know you're getting old when your doctor's older, I mean, younger than you, right? Yeah, right. You know, you know you're getting old when happy hour is a nap, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's just a lot of things. What? It's about that time? Wake up. Okay. All right. God created us, and that should mean a lot to us. By the way, 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. And because of that love and his wonderful creativity, he made us so he could enjoy us. 
Do you ever think about him enjoying us? Someday we are going to enjoy him, aren't we, too? We're going to see him with our own eyes. And here's some more key verses. Love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's why we're supposed to serve, right? It makes us feel better. We are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10 says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Did you notice that it keeps talking about serving other people? Which God prepared in advance for us to do. We talked about coping on Monday, about not having any regrets, not looking backwards. And it said that we were to remember it. Do you remember that? We were to remember that God wants us to have clear minds and he doesn't want us to keep going back and picking at all those past things that happened because he's forgiven us and we need to forgive others, including ourselves. All right. Genders. Did God love men? And it was in a very male-oriented society at the time that he came. Is that not true? Women were seen as what? Baby makers, right? So here was Jesus. He was in the room with the disciples. Remember, all the men. And where was Mary? At his feet. Did he say, you know, we're, we're kind of, all of us are in here, and maybe it would be best if you went into the kitchen? Did he say, you know, I don't, I don't want you so close to me. Why don't you just talk to me across the, the, the way because I don't want people to think we came together tonight or whatever. Did he say that? <laughs> Did he talk to her like she was important? Yes. Did he talk to her about her religious faith? Now, remember back then, where did women get their religious education? And do you think those husbands put a little spin on that education? <laughs> I'm guessing they did. Because they saw it through there. You know, it says a woman should submit. You can imagine what they're saying at the fireplace, right? But Jesus is an equal opportunities savior. And he loved her just as much as those men. And he spent just as much time with her. And it tells us that we should see ourselves as Jesus saw ourselves. No matter what other people think, Jesus loves us. He would have died for us only. And men should see themselves as Jesus saw them, correct? We have some men in here. They were given some leadership roles, but they weren't to lord things over, women. They were, to, they were not biological accidents as our media shows them today. They're not just breadwinners. They actually have a significant role in impacting our children. Do you know that? Yes. Statistics show that if men go to church and show religious interest in their children in a balanced way, that more of their children will stay in the church than if only a mother is doing that. So we're headed for some sad times, aren't we, folks? If he is married and has a Christian home, he's to be a prophet in his home he's supposed to represent God to his wife that means he's not surly and boastful he's kind and loving and caring he's supposed to lead out in family devotions encourage private devotions like God showed that men had a very important role do not feel demeaned by our society because it is important that men are in our families as well how we act when we see ourselves the way God acts I'm sorry, the way God sees us. When we do not see ourselves through the eyes of God, 
we will act like we have low self-esteem because if you don't feel very important or you don't feel forgiven, what would be happening? How can somebody display if you don't feel forgiven? Anybody? Sad face, tears. Sad face, tears. Yeah, a different countenance. You carry a burden on your shoulders, don't you, when you feel unforgiven or hopeless? Yep. If somebody is criticizing us, if you have low self-esteem because you don't recognize how the Lord loves you, you might tend to take everything personal and believe everything because you put all of your faith into a human being instead of God, right? It's very important when somebody says to you, now, I don't like the fact that you put us in this hot room to bake today. And I go, instead of going, well, if you don't like it, why don't you just get out? Or, you know, you didn't have to come. I could say, let me think about that and see how I can figure that out. Because I need to ask the Lord, don't I? About how to do Like, we need to see it from God's perspective. And yes, you are in a hot room and you're all very hot, right? A person who is criticized will cope better because they know that the Lord loves them no matter what. Now, I brought up Carlo in here before. You know, my new son from Haiti. I thought I might bring him in on Friday. What do you think? If I can grab him, you think I should get him in here? He is not here, but he's going to come on Friday. And I thought maybe I'll bring him in. Because I said to him, when your dad said that you should be dropped off a boat because you were no longer important and that his mom should just take him out in the ocean and drop him because he was just this you know, terrible kid because he's been handicapped, how was it that you got over that? He said, well, it's not that I didn't feel bad, but I knew that the Lord was my father. Well, how do you do that? I'm like, really? And when his father was found to have a different wife because his mother thought that she was he was hers, <laughs> and they were putting all these voodoo curses on his family. I said, so how did you protect yourself so that you weren't scared all the time? And he said, well, we memorized scripture, and we kept having to say every day, you know, what it was that God was doing to keep us safe. Even though he had, he had things where, you know, sticks were poked at him, and kids were bullying him, and people didn't want to feed him, and, and I, when he was trying to get medical help for his stump on his arm, a taxi driver said, why don't you just stand in the middle of the street with your mother and put yourself out of, you know, out of commission, and that way you won't have to suffer anymore, because they asked a taxi driver to get him to the hospital without money, and I said, so how do you recover from that, and he said, you know, the, fa the Lord is my father, I just, I just never thought about it, I, I was hurt by those things, but I'm going to keep, anyway, I'm just like, how do you get resilient and it's because you keep your focus on God. God loves you, and, and he knows how special you are. It doesn't matter if you have an arm missing, a leg missing, or part of your brain missing. Are you still special to God? Yes. Well, I have to tell you, I had to find a $100 bill out there. It's really hard. I found out they don't have any $100 bills in the offering this week. So I had to go all the way to the natural food store to find a hundred dollar bill. Now this is a hundred dollar bill. How many of you like hundred dollar bills? You would, if I gave it to you, you'd be very happy? Okay, now let me see. You still want my hundred dollar bill? Oh really? Well excuse me, just a minute. Would you stomp on that? You have all kinds of stuff on your shoes? You've been walking through the barnyard? Just say yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and you've been into the bathrooms today? Yeah. Okay, could you give me that back? Could you hand that to me? Anybody still want it? And why is that? Because it's a value, is it not? I'm not planning to give it to any of you. Did you think I was going to give it to you? But why is it that after it, okay, let me see. I heard people do that, right? So let's say I spin on it. You still want it? So why is it that you still want this? Because it's valuable. But what if, what if a person has been abused? What if they lost their purse? What if they got a divorce? What if, if they had to go to a psychiatric hospital? You see, that's how God is, right? He sees past all those things that we've done, but we are still of great value to him. It doesn't change, right? Our dirt, our smell, our, our dirty shoes, nothing changes because God sees us as valuable. I'm not telling you where I'm putting this. Okay. God did not make no junk. That's right. By the way, when we're criticized, what is our most likely reaction? What was that, George? Resentment. resentment. And so what will we do with that resentment? Well, often what? Defend ourselves? What? Get offended. So when we're defensive... It's like we don't want anyone to hurt us, right? We put this wall up. Does that solve the problem? How do we solve a problem? Be open and say, okay, well, I could think about that. Yeah, defensiveness is self-protection, right? And show me a relationship where there's defensiveness, and I'll show you one where you can't get anything solved. Another thing that people do is they put a wall up, right? Oh, fine, I'm just not going to talk to you. Well, I'll just pretend like you're not here, right? Is that going to help anything? How about blaming? Well, you know, you think that you're so good. Let me tell you about you. You, you did that last week. Doesn't help, right? Self-esteem, again, when we act that way, we're showing that we don't see ourselves as God wants us to be. God wants us to acknowledge things. When we've sinned, we have all sinned, am I right? And when we've all sinned and we acknowledge it, that's when he can help grow us, right? And so if we can't do that with him, we often don't do it with other people. So self-esteem really impacts us. Another thing is, if we have good self-esteem, we won't be as much people pleasers. I don't have to make everybody happy except God. When I am a people pleaser, actually I'm placating or whatever because I don't want somebody to be mad at me, I say. Well, really? Maybe I'm afraid they won't like me. And that means I give away all of my power to them, right? What if you said, Kathy, I want you to give me that $100 bill? And I'm like, will you still like me if I don't give it to you? And you go, no, I won't. And you go, okay, right? When we're manipulated by people, do you think I like you better when you do that? No. So even though I pleased you, I was being dis dishonest because I really didn't want to give it to you. I didn't see any reason to give it to you. And so now I haven't acknowledged it and I can't solve my problem with you. Jesus wants us 
to be truthful and honest. What does he say? Let your yes be yes. and your... So mean what you say and say what you mean, right? What was that? That's right. People pleasers. I, I want you to know that we all struggle with that, even though we are trying to stay in the, um, the, this realm with God because we still have things that we're struggling with. We haven't cleaned up all of our pockets and all of our attics. Ad, attics. Not addicts. Okay. <laughs> you know, I speak at a lot of churches. I have a lot of fun. I see a lot of you at churches, right? Really? How many of you have I've been at your church? Okay. And I really love speaking because I love to put things together that I think are going to help people, and I get really excited about it, and a lot of it is from my worships. And I often come with a carload of ladies. Have you seen that? Yeah. I, I pick up all these ones that, you know, have had some troubles or are new Christians or, or they spend a lot of time alone because they're widows or they're single or whatever. So we have this group that comes. And, um, and I do a new sermon and, and I get in the car and I'm like, waiting. What do you think I'm waiting for? Yep. And guess what? Sometimes they never say a thing. And then I start to get irritated. Yeah, well, I'm just like, you know, like, did, didn't that impact you? So then I go, so did everything, how, did, how, was, how was the service today? Oh, the people were friendly. I'm like, I don't really care that they're friendly. That's not what I want to know, right? And I go, so I did a new sermon today. And they're like, uh-huh, and then they changed the subject. And the Lord said to me, Lori, you need to quit searching for their approval because... When you and I worked on that sermon, it was between you and me, and I gave you the words to say, and so why are you thinking that you need to hear what they think? <coughs> well, that, that said it, didn't it? Yeah. We need to not be looking for the approval of man, do we? Our self-esteem should say that because God loves me and I'm doing his work, he's blessing whatever I do, and it doesn't matter if I did a terrible job or not, he's going to work with me on it, right? We need to do things for God, not for man. Can I ask you a question? How, how about at the end? The Bible also tells me that God created my inward parts. Isn't that amazing? Everything about us, he knows about our hair, how many hairs are on our head. He knows about our whistles. He knows all about us. Like, isn't that an amazing thing to think that God cares about us all individually? Does that make you feel good about yourself? It also tells us that our bodies are what? His temple, right? Here's another thing. God is faithful. He will not allow you more temptation than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way of how to get some place so that you can endure, right? Bible says that life is righteous, peaceful, and joy. By the way, why does God put it in that order? I, here's what I thought. When you give your life to Christ, you claim his righteousness. Then you feel peace. And when it all sinks in and you realize what a gift it is, then you feel joy. Does that sound right? So Romans 14, 17 said, Life is righteousness, peace, and joy. 
and realize that the inferiority is God is the devil's way of thinking. All right. <clears throat> Here's a little exercise. I want to know, are you all awake? Okay, yeah. like stretch your arms. Let's make sure you're all there. Take a deep breath. Don't blow it at the person behind you or <laughs> around you. Breathe through your nose. Okay, we talked about a few verses. Oh, can I can I stop and tell them about you? She she thinks she's getting away. This is my little friend Megan. I, I was her pastor's wife at one time. Megan was in the hospital from August till December with pancreatitis. She's been in a coma. Her hair's falling out. She was had to have her children told that. She was dying. It was a terrible time, but the Lord brought her through, and I'm so thankful. Many of you read my Facebook post, and that was Megan that we were praying for, Thank and you. she's doing very good. Her food tubes are out. It was a very traumatic time, and she's getting her life back. Amen. And I got pancreatitis <laughs> and, and the, at the same time. So. She's my support group, right? But she did it for like five months. I did it for one month. So, Okay. When the devil tempts you with inferiority, I'd like you to come up with a statement that you could say because I want you to talk back to your thinking. Does that make sense? Either a statement that's true from God's perspective or a Bible verse. So here's the, here's the thing. and I'd like, let's see who can jump up and answer this one first, okay? When the devil sends you a thought and says you are not worth anything, what would you say? Wait, wait, stand up. Stand up. And you would say, devil. And who, did, who, who are you following the example of? Jesus in the wilderness, correct? Anybody want to add something you would say when he says you're unworthy? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, stand so they can hear you because they're way in the back. We have a coliseum here. I always have a smart mouth, so I say, not today, devil, not today. That's okay. <laughs> Get, yeah, that's, a, that's another way to say it. Did somebody else have another one? Okay. You loved me enough to die for me. You loved enough, yeah, you loved me enough to die for me. Evidently, I'm not unworthy, right? Because the devil will tell us lies, okay? Psalm, Psalm 139. 139. I was illegitimate, and I wondered why he allowed all that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I read that. She said, Psalm 139, she found out she was illegitimately con conceived. And so she is... It helped by one, Psalm 139, which is? He knew who you were from the beginning, and that you, he knew your innerward parts, etc. So you were planned. It may not have been by a parent, but he, he knew who you were, and he knew you were coming. Right? He knew you from the beginning to the end when you would arrive, right? Okay, you got this exercise down now? I'm going to get many more answers, right? Okay, the next thing the devil's going to say is you weren't wanted by your parents. You're probably not wanted by anybody. At least God wants me. What was that? At least God wants me. At least God wants me, right? He loves me. He would have died on the cross if I'd, I'd been the only one. That's good. My parents say I didn't amount to much. Come on, you get the, do you get these thoughts? I can do all, I can't stand 
Go ahead. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anything else? God loves you with everlasting love. God loves you with everlasting love. That's great. Okay, I robbed a bank, and now I feel really guilty about it, and I know that God could never have me in his kingdom. 1 John 1, 9, which is? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm not attractive enough to live. People feel that way a lot. Got a lot of girls cutting out there. They feel really unattractive and unloved. What can you say to them? He created what? Fearfully. He created uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay. Anything else? We were created in His image. So better watch out, right? Better not be talking to me about that. Yeah. He would have died for me even if it was just me. Isn't this wonderful? I have to do good things for a while to earn God's favor because I've been really naughty. Can't do it. He loved us anyway. He loved us even while we were yet sinners, correct? Anything else? Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. And by the way, if humans see our faults, God sees what? When we're forgiven, what does he see? Nothing. He just sees us as beautiful, right? He separated our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he threw our sins into the ocean, right? And I love that Buddy Ho telling about it. So why do I keep deep-sea diving and going back and getting them, huh? I feel all alone. What was that? I, I will never leave you or forsake you. What else? I'm never alone. God always sees me. He's alive, so I can put my trust in him. What was that? He is with us to the end of the earth. What? He would have died for me if I was the only one. Do you see how we can talk back to these terrible things that the devil puts into us to discourage us and to give us poor low, I mean low self-esteem? Do you think any therapist can fix people who are having low self-esteem? Yeah, I, I don't think any, any therapist can. I think that God can solve these things because if we are soaking in his word and we are believing them and we're putting these things in our heart, we cannot have anything that will take us away because God is going to keep empowering us. Um, God didn't create us as an inanimate object, but in the image of God. Um, do you remember that, that verse? Anybody go to Adelphian Academy? Oh, we got, oh, okay. And on the, um, the wall was a quote from Ellen White, and it said, higher than the highest thought can reach is God's ideal for his children. And, like, you can't even begin to think what he wants to do for you, right? You can't even fathom it. Okay, then I would like us to, do you, do you think we ha do you have any questions? Do, you, do we need to have some questions? You had a question? I'm going to do that before we end. Well, my, my question has a little bit to do with what you were talking about with uh, not looking for the approval from man. And how does that come into play when, you know, this book of the five love languages and words of affirmation? Because, you know, I, I kind of struggle with 
conflicting thoughts of that, you know, like, because I feel like that is my love language, and so, but then, you know, hearing that, you know, you're not looking for approval from mm-hmm. a man and stuff like that, and so then my struggle, is that a wrong love language? I mean, is that not a right Christian uh, biblical concept, so I understand what you're saying. Anybody else get that? Any other have anyone have a thought? She said that she did you hear what she said? She has love languages. You know how we have the love languages, uh, getting gifts, words of affirmation, having time with someone, affection, and um, affection is in touch, and then um, acts of service. And so she said, I get this kind of mixed up about where it is where I'm hoping for these things, but I don't need to have the approval of man. So I, you have a thought? Um, yeah, I was just going to say... Make sure you, they can hear it back there. I don't speak very loud. But, it's okay. Um, just going to say that um, you, there's a difference between that being your love language and absolutely needing it to survive. How about demanding it? Yeah, or demanding it. If that is just your love language, that's different than what God says, hey, I, you know, I love you, and you have that positive... Self-esteem already in place. You are not. You won't die if you don't get it. But yet, if somebody gives it to you, it's like an extra cherry on the top. I. I. Did you hear what she's saying? Do you think that I? I was thinking that you know we're supposed to respect and love and serve others. So we don't say to them, if you don't give me my love language, I'm not going to give you yours. And many times people will reciprocate when you're giving them love that they often. You know when you smile, right? People smile back, right? 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 So anyhow, like sometimes we get that, and I like that. That's like the cherry on the top, but we can't demand it or expect it, but we hope for it, right? And God is the one who really has to fill all those little holes in our heart because have you ever seen somebody who expected a man or a woman or somebody to fill all the holes in their heart? You know these people. They have empty holes in their heart. And they can bleed you dry, and you cannot wait until they're gone because you are, like, taking a deep breath, right? It's the tick on the dog syndrome. The dog may have been really strong, but when the tick keeps sucking his blood, the dog eventually dies, and then they both die, right? You have to get balanced and know that where your, most of your love comes from. And then when you get extra affirmation, the way that those love languages are, that is an icing on the cake. I believe that you did a good job there. Good job. Have to have you co-lead with me here. Okay, so I keep watching our clock. I also know that you guys are dripping hot, right? So I'd like you to stand up. Oh, oh, you have a question? Well, isn't that amazing? I'll look it up. I don't know where it is in my notes, and I will be happy to look for that after your class. You thought maybe I had my own version of the Bible. I do not. And probably I, if, I didn't, if I didn't write it down wrong, I at least quoted it wrong, the, the, the numbers, so I don't know. But I'd like you to stand up, and I would like you to repeat after me something that affirms who you are. And I think it's very important. And I want to talk to you about this. And then I have a little poem that I want to close with. Okay, so if you believe it, I want you to say it. I'm anointed. I'm loved. I'm accepted. 
I am his special child. I am the apple of his eye. He created and formed me before I was born. I've been right with God. He would have died for me only. I have been clothed in glory and honor. I can't even imagine what the Lord could do through me. I have a future so bright. Oh, I just want to add my own, that I might need sunglasses. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have a future so bright. That's the end. God says we are more than conquerors. God loves me unconditionally. Is that true? Yes. And say amen. amen. All that we are is because of him. That's what we need to recognize. It's not because of my talent which he gave me. It's not because of my personality that he created. My worth is not based on my body shape. I'm able to destroy that. It isn't because of my family, which he placed me in, not because of my intellect. He allowed me to be on this earth because he wanted me. He loved me. He created me. He knew I was coming. He's happy I'm here. And because of that, we can do nothing apart from him, including the way we think about ourselves or else we'll have a deficit. Amen? Amen? Let's have prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you love us, that you care about us, that you know all of our needs and our, our, our problems, and that you can strengthen us, that you can enable us. Help us, Lord, every time that somebody says something disparaging or discouraging, help us not to put that through our brain, but to look at the way you want us to look at things, Help us to have your mind. We want to have the mind of God so that we can see things in the right reality. And Lord, we thank you that you care enough about us to call us your children, that you want to take us home to heaven, and that you want to be with us for eternity. And for those things, Lord, we are thankful that we have this self-esteem that says that we are worthy to be called your children, even though we feel unworthy. And thank you, Lord for putting us on this earth even though sometimes we don't understand and we don't like the, some of the things that are going on but Lord I know that you have a plan for each of our lives and I pray that you will help us to accomplish that in your holy name Amen This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons please visit www.audioverse.org.